I opened up my social media and I came across a post by a very dear friend, uh, Mr. Garth Knight, and uh, uh, he'd done this watercolour painting and in it was these was a beautiful painting of flowers and in it were these words, my internal critic is not my friend, is not a friend of mine. He can just F off, is what he said. And, uh, I, you know, I, I immediately responded writing some things back to him and I, I thought this is such a, a fantastic topic that we should really bring this to the table and talk about uh, the internal critic today. What do you think, Bree? I don't know, Len. What do you think is your internal critic? Here's the thing. We all have an internal critic for sure, right? Is your internal critic your friend or not? Well, it's a, <laughs> it's a battle. And uh, at times I have a very deep friendship and a, a lovely respect for my internal critic. And other times uh, I get upset with them. And, uh, like, I was thinking about what my response to him was, is that uh, I, I like to let the critic go quiet, and I have all these techniques uh, and ways to try and get my critic to go quiet. Uh, and we've actually talked about this a few times already, but time is one of my tricks that I use to, to silence that critic. If it's chattering on about that's not good enough and blah, 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 well, it's just like, well, I'll go and do something else <laughs> until it shuts up and then I'll come back and readdress this when I'm in a different frame of mind. So uh, I acknowledge when it's being negative and choose to deal with it at a, a later stage uh, as a process. Um, that's one of my... In, in strategies that I use to silence this critic by avoiding it. I, you know, I'm an avoider, to be honest, Brie. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Avoid confrontation. So I don't confront my internal critic. I just like, well, shut up and uh, uh, I'll go and do something else and you can just be quiet over there. And then I'll come back when I'm when you are going to be a bit quieter and talk to you, a bit like a naughty child. <laughs> right, right. I think sometimes I think sometimes that can be a good strategy. I mean, for sure, that is one strategy to just give it a little time and go. You know what? I've heard enough of you. It's time for you to be quiet. I'm going to go do this work over here. Stop it. <laughs> One of the things that uh, one of the things that I do with my internal critic is, um, and it's kind of a skill that I've been teaching myself over the past few years, is when I start hearing the chatter, I'm I start recognizing because I it, here's the thing I think sometimes we don't recognize that it's an internal critic right away, like we hear like oh that's not good enough or that's not very good or like whatever you know whatever negative thing that critic is going to say to you and then we believe it and then it's not until a little bit later that we're like ah oh, or this is for me anyway that I'm like oh yeah that's just the chatter going on in my head you know trying to get me to not do the stuff I really want to do and so if I can recognize that and then and and then kind of be, and this is the skill that I'm talking about, step back from myself and watch myself, watch all those thoughts. This is a little bit of like 
stoicism or, you know, this is becoming aware of what you're thinking, right? But I like to be the watcher of my brain, like I'm watching my critic in a more of a neutral way. And so that kind of takes a lot of the punch out of it (laughs) or the kind of a lot of the Mm -hmm. real deep, heavy emotions out of all of the, the disappointment and the the uh, uh what else do we have sometimes it comes with like some fear and you know all of those negative emotions that come with it so if i can step back and just observe myself my critic talking to me then i'm like oh yeah of course you're doing that because that's what our critic does i was going to say when you pull yourself back and observing yourself there uh, that allows you to identify what the critic's saying and what sort of emotions are coming with it is that right have i got that right there yeah and a lot of times that comes with uh, you and i were just having a mini chat about journaling ahead of you know before this but a lot of that a lot of that comes with sometimes i'm writing it down because I, I kind of want to see, sometimes when we see it on paper, like that, whatever it is, that video you did really sucks today. That kind of a thing. <laughs> sometimes when I see it on paper, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I actually believe that. Because that's what I was saying before. Like We, we believe this critic a lot of times because we think because our brain thinks it up, it has to be so true. And it doesn't. This is like the great news about this inner critic popping up. Like we actually don't have to believe any of the stuff that that critic tells us. That's why it's, for me, important to step back and watch, you know, just kind of observe. And then I can make some decisions about what I want to do with it. Do I want to step away with time like you do? Do I want to avoid what it's saying? By the time I get to that point where I'm observing, I actually don't necessarily care if I avoid it because I've taken out a lot of the negative emotions out of it, you know? Yeah. You've removed the punch, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, that's just one tool, you know, for sure. Mm. I, I was thinking another tool is uh, a reef. Well, you're distancing yourself and then by looking at it, you're able to identify it and then you can reframe it and then come back in and approach it again. Uh, I was also thinking uh, another approach that I use is reframing and actually looking for different parts. I think as visual artists, this is a quite a special topic and, and I know we're going to come back and talk about this over and over in time, but we actually only see what we want to see. So if we're looking for faults, we see faults everywhere. And that's when the eternal internal critic goes absolutely nuts. But if we're actually looking for the positives, we see the positives and we get this lovely rewarding um, thing coming back. And our internal critic's going, wow, isn't that absolutely beautiful? And how wonderful is that? And how lucky am I to capture that or create that artwork? And having this different attitude has actually served me incredibly well at times uh, to get rid of the one that's going, ah, it's no good. That's crap. Um, that's not what I was trying to achieve. What are you even doing anyway? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you even doing here? And right. uh, the worst one, I think, is comparing it to, to other things or other people, and that a, a, makes it quite negative as well. So... If we can train ourselves to look for the good, the positive, the things that we're doing right, 
and we take that forward, we're more likely to bring that forward into our, into our future. This is a beautiful thing because for me, once I step back and I'm observing, then I think things like, of course, my, my, you know, my really mean inner critic is telling me those things because Len, you're right. Like we are actually, our brains are actually wired many times to look for the negative. So it's not like when, when we feel all disappointed and stuff, we think there's something like terribly wrong and it's just our brains being wired this way. And so the more I can, why are they wired that way? I don't know, but don't you think, like, haven't you felt that? You, like, make something and you're like, is that good? I don't know. What should I think? Should I get someone to tell me it's good? You know, <laughs> how long is it going to take me to decide that? I'm going to I'm gonna uh, argue against you and say we're not wired that way. We wire ourselves that way through our education and our upbringing and the way that we've been taught. And I think that um, as a child, we actually don't have that because being playful doesn't have such a uh, an inner mm. critic that's going, oh, that's wrong. I might get into trouble, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we grow into that and we actually wire ourselves to be an inner critic. And uh, we can actually unwire ourselves, can't we? Yes, but that doesn't mean we unwire, unravel ourselves to be positive all the time, I think. You know, there's always going to be some negative things our brain throws at us, just like there's always there's always going to be some positive things, too. So I'm actually going to agree with you that I think it we it is kind of a learned (laughs) thing. And maybe it's a maybe it's an education thing, too. Like and we don't have to get into all that. But here's here's what I want to say about it. Once I can step back and go, of course, my brain's going to do this because this is just what my this is just what it does a lot of times. It just it's just going to feed me this negative stuff. And if I can like step back, then I can go, okay, but where am I going right here? I can go, okay, where's the critic? Where's, where's the cheerleader part that is going to, is going to help me keep moving forward? Cause when we, when we're criticizing ourselves and doing that comparison stuff, that doesn't give me any momentum to move forward, to make more art to keep doing my photography and all the other things that I want to do. And so I like to go, okay, well, where am I going right? We've taught, I feel like we've talked about this before, but I love that question. Where am I going right? And how am I doing well? And what do I love about this? And maybe, maybe there are some things about that image for me or whatever piece of art for you, right? That you might want to change, but it, you can look at it maybe in a more objective way at that point, you know, once, mm-hmm. once you mm-hmm. p- kind of pull yourself back. And maybe that's what time does too, Len, for you, is it helps you step back, right? So that you can be a little bit more objective. It definitely gives me a space between it. And you said you can do that at the time by pulling back from it. For me, that little bit of extra time allows that space and allows my subconscious to process what's going on and uh, to reevaluate and come back at things. But I I, I, I do want to, re- to come back to what I said um, 
that you know despite trying to be positive and and rewire myself to be to look for the positive there's actually an incredibly important part of being critical about our work isn't there and we can't ever let that go and the, the nature of the work that we do is that we're we're making multiple artworks one after the other and each time we're trying to improve and uh, to do it better and get something that is exciting for us. And so it's like practising over and over to try and figure out what the final performance is, isn't it? We've got to keep working at it until we get there. So uh, we need some negative critique to go, oh, actually, I could do that little bit a little bit better. And uh, there's the one that goes, oh, my work's terrible, I hate it, and that's the one I want to silence. Uh, the one that says, oh, Len, uh, that edge, really, that's a little bit sloppy. Why don't we fix that up now? And uh, why don't you just walk over there and not be so lazy and change that at this very point and work a little bit harder? And uh, that one that one that keeps driving me to perfection, or maybe not perfection is the wrong word, but to do better is a very, very valuable critique, uh, a critical thought that goes on in my head. Yeah, it drives you to growth. So I was while you were talking, mm. I, I love that our brains are like, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking at the same time, because I was thinking like <laughs> that when you were when you were just saying like, oh, um, you know, that edge is a little sloppy. I was thinking, well, that doesn't sound like a kind of a negative um, critique. That sounds like more something that a mentor would do. And so I think, what if we reframe this critic, this internal critic, like sometimes that like negative critic guy, like, you know, pop or girl, whatever person pops up and says, Hey, that's terrible. But what if we reframed it to, I have this internal mentor where I want to mentor myself and I'm going to show my, I'm going to say, okay, this might be, <laughs> I'm putting my hand in front of the camera here, <laughs> but this, we might want to work on this part, right? And maybe we change this so that we can grow because I think that's what a good mentor does is it helps you, a mentor helps you move forward with growth and shows you maybe where you're weak and also shows you where your strengths are, right? So I don't know. That's just a new way I'm thinking about it now since we had this conversation. Maybe uh, I want to have an internal mentor instead. I've got an idea for you, and this is one that I've learned from my students. And they often say to me, I was feeling a bit stuck and my inner critic was going a bit crazy and uh, things weren't working. And so I imagined what you would tell me. And so they brought in the external voice of someone else who was their mentor. It's WWLS, like W, what would Len say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know how many times people have said that to me? Uh, and another one is I say, um, um, uh, my dear friend Peter Eastway, who I teach with quite often, says, uh, I'm channeling you, Len when I'm doing this photo and he's actually calming himself and trying to put himself uh, in to a, a different state of mind than he, he normally works. Do you, um, do you know what? I did that this weekend. 
I ch- I was I literally I was among the trees and I was I felt like I was channeling you. I would like what would Len do? <gasps> I like legitimately. <laughs> I'm gonna start crying. Like- <laughs> I would I you would have loved it. I walked through these beautiful woods in um in Cal- you know I'm here I'm actually here in California visiting some family, but um which is why my I, my sound is different a little different because I'm on the road, um but uh, yeah I walked through these beautiful big redwoods and all just all kinds of different like eucalyptus all kinds of different trees, and I would see a tree and go oh Lynn would love this anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I was channeling you a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that makes me so happy to hear that. And uh, it's such a a buzz to know that you're having that sort of influence on other people and their art. Uh, It it is. It's a real buzzer. Bree and I, before we were discussing people downloading and listening to our podcast, and we just got so excited that people were actually listening to us and <laughs> writing to us and tell us, telling us what they're getting from it. And uh, it is. It is quite an absolute buzz. Now let's get back to our inner critic. Perhaps what my friend was saying to tell it to f off. Maybe he was talking about one particular part of it can go away rather than the all of it is uh, the conclusion that I think you and I, Brie, both agree on is that it's actually very valuable and uh, we need to wrestle it maybe into submission and into being a helpful mentor rather than being uh, this voice of doom and uh, despair and negativity that isn't helpful. Yeah, so I'm going to call next time next time I hear that like hey this isn't good enough I'm going to go oh no can you put I'd like my internal mentor to appear now cuz the you know that that <laughs> critical that critical part I I can do without so where's the where's the mentor here and I think this would be interesting oh. um as maybe not maybe an exercise, but if you have a mentor, I think it is good for us to all have, like other people are channeling you, right? They're like, what would Len say here? I love thinking those things, you know, because when I have experiences with different mentors, I can, you know, I can remember what they say. Oh yeah. I remember what they, you know, that person said here, maybe I could apply that Mm. to, um, you know, what I'm, what I'm working on now. And and so maybe that's something that, you know, you as a listener, if you don't have a mentor, then who is that for you? I think everyone has a mentor, whether you're reading something or watching mm. something or you actually have a one-to-one Yeah, you could listen to their words from a book, couldn't you? Right, Something yes. that they've said or you've read from them. It doesn't actually have to be someone who um, you have a personal uh, contact with. It could be someone that you've read. Or yeah. even thinking about their work um, as uh, what would this artist, how would they tackle this particular subject or this sort of thing uh, would, would, could get you into that different headspace? Yeah, and it's not a, co- it's not a copying thing. I, I think that sounds more helpful. <laughs> I used to teach teamwork and leadership and we did a whole lot of stuff on thinking styles and we used to draw a square on the ground with different quadrants and we'd label the different quadrants like here's the feeling quadrant here's the thinking quadrant here's the details quadrant here's uh, the adventurous creative quadrant and what we would do is actually walk between each of the squares and change our way of thinking 
And uh, I, I think what you're saying is something very, very similar is by pulling yourself back and going, well, that type of thinking at this point isn't serving me very well. Um, I'm going to come back to here, look at myself and go, well, I'm going to go back in in a different state of mind and uh, uh, come with a different set of thought patterns that are going to work with us and uh, come back in going, right, I actually need a, a positive thought pattern right now or I need to come in with a thought pattern from uh, someone else that might use or has taught me or one that's going to work for me at this very moment. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. We can, th and that's all the reframing part, right? Isn't it? Yeah, that's that is interesting. I love actually that, like, even without being physical, that you could do that. You could actually put yourself in those those different quadrants, and that would be interesting. Because at the beginning, I was like, well, maybe I don't want to tell my inner critic to f off. Maybe I just want to allow my inner critic to say what it's going to say. But I think once we know that the words like you're not good enough whenever those appear for me i i can just immediately go oh i i know who's saying that and you can f off <laughs> <laughs> so and it's not it's not that we necessarily like want to ignore it or whatever but i think just moving on from it even oh that's there yeah but i i'm just going to keep moving on you know so I think there are so many different ways to look at it. And when that, when that like negative inner critic appears, here's the thing. And, you know, this is a podcast about creativity. It really does keep us from being our most creative selves. Because when we're in that space, when we're having a lot of negative judgment about ourselves and our art, then we, who wants to be creative in that moment, you know? But when we move to, like mentoring ourselves and trying to like solve some things. Okay. I can do this. Maybe I can do this better next time. I see where this is good. Keep doing that. Then I think we're in a more motivating creative space rather than, rather than the other. And if our, um, our inner critic is angry and, uh, frustrated and, uh, temperamental, Another approach would be to actually channel that into something and actually make something that expresses that and uh, allows that to come out and you can put that aside. It doesn't have to be art that you show people. Uh, it can be very, very deeply personal art and you can just leave that uh, as an expression of those emotions as a way of getting rid of them out of you. And uh, that's just a, a different way to think about it as well. I think so many times we need to do something physical to express. I mean, so much of what we do is expressing emotions. So why would that mm. be a, a bad thing to do some expressing negative emotions? And yeah, maybe that's just between you and yourself. Yeah, I love that, Len. You can just keep that to yourself and maybe you show it. Maybe yeah. it's some of your most interesting work. Oh, probably is some of your most interesting work, but as you're creating it, if you have the mindset that you're not going to show it and you're doing it as an expression, you give yourself more permission to be more playful and experimental and freer. I find this works with all, with all creative endeavours. If I'm performing for other people, the critic's worse 
But if I'm only performing for myself, I find that I can be more playful and more experimental and uh, I end up coming up with more deeply personal work, but work that uh, is much more interesting, actually, than the safer work that I know is going to wow and make people uh, happy and excited with it. Yeah, because we don't just have happy emotions. We are human and we're full of all the different emotions, right? So yeah, so wonderful. So wonderful. I, I think it's okay to embrace those things too. And I think that's the summary of what we were talking about with the inner critic, that the inner critic yeah. has many, many voices, not just one, not one of just doom and gloom, but uh, there's so many different voices in there and we actually need them and play with them and uh, learn to use them. And uh, if they're not working for us, reframing them and changing them and coming back with ones that are more helpful which is a, exactly what you're saying. We're, we're full of so many different components that diversity really is the key, isn't it? Yeah. And knowing when we want to listen and when we don't. Because just because <laughs> our inner critic says something doesn't mean we have to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Well, I think it's time for us to, to wrap up this episode. And... Uh, uh, Thank you. Thank you for joining us in our creative affair. If you love the passion we bring to this creative content, please support the podcast by sharing with a friend, subscribing, and leaving us a review. Thanks. If you'd like to learn more about creative photography, visit lenmetcalf.com, where you can find links to Len's photography school, videos, and publications. He would love to invite you to sign up to his newsletter. To find out more about my work, including my photography and mentoring in my Creative Confidence group coaching program, visit creativemindscoach.com. See you next time.